This morning we're talking about God's purpose and design for marriage, and with us is Pastor Ed Heading from Pleasant View Baptist Church. And good morning, Pastor yeah, Ed. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. Yeah, I've been here at, well in a month. Yes, it's been a month. <laughs> been a while. That's right. <laughs> well, well, as we think about this uh, month of February, uh, it is the month we celebrate Valentine's Day. Just last right. week, I know Doug Rowland was talking about that and love last week, and uh, we just celebrated it. A week ago by buying and doing affectionate and loving things for our spouses, our kids and grandkids. And it kind of caused us to reflect a little bit on marriage as well. So I thought today we'll talk about God's purpose and design for marriage. But I want to say through TV shows and movies and music and so many other media choices, marriage is being attacked Mm -hmm. and trivialized in our culture. And sadly, even Christians are devaluing marriage and they don't see it as a sacred commitment of one man and one woman for a lifetime. Yeah. There's a Pew Research survey in 2019 found that 58% of white evangelicals and 70% of black Protestants believe living together before marriage is acceptable if a couple plans to get married. And the youngest Americans are far more liberal on cohabitation with less than 10% finding it morally problematic. But we as pastors, church leaders, Christ followers, we need to lead by example with our voices to remind our church families that marriage is a sacred commitment made before God in order to glorify Him and to be a reflection of the gospel to a watching world. One of the many misconceptions in our culture is that marriage is to be sanctioned by the federal government with local municipalities following their mandate. But in December of 2022, President Biden signed into law the Respect for Marriage Act which made it a legislative law that same-sex marriages are to be recognized as legal in all 50 states. The Supreme Court in 2015 made the decision in the Oberfell case, but now the legislative body of our country has codified this law, and it most likely will be used as an opportunity to challenge our religious freedoms and liberty. So marriage is found in Genesis at the time of creation, and it's created and ordained by God. Thus, the church is the institution that God has given to perform and sanction marriages, and those marriages are to be a holy commitment between one man and one woman before God and the assembled witnesses. The church defines marriage based on the inspired and inerrant word of God, and though culture changes and polls say otherwise, the church is to stay true to the word of God on the definition of marriage and do everything it can to propagate and educate the culture on Christian marriage. And we need to stand up as believers and remind our church families and those we influence the purpose and the design of marriage as God lays it out in Scripture. So, Deb, would you read uh, Genesis chapter 2 there, those verses? Sure. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept— took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed." Thank you. Yeah, the first point I want to make from these verses is this, is that marriage is designed by God for a man and a woman to mutually complete one another. Mm -hmm. Now, I know we have people out there who are single, some are divorced, some are widowed, 
But as we think about this, I mean, some of the single folks are going to be wanting to get married. Others may be thinking about it. But uh, those that are already married and are couples, marriage fulfills that need for companionship. Genesis chapter 2, 19 and 20, which we did not take the time to read, describes how Adam was given the opportunity to name all the animals that God had created. But when he finished, it's interesting, it says Adam was still lonely. Mm -hmm. He could not find a companion on his level as a human being. So God created Eve, a woman, for Adam. And God created men and women for relationship. First, a a vertical relationship with God and then also a horizontal relationship with other human beings of both sexes. In the case of a man and woman coming together to be wedded as husband and wife and becoming one flesh, God takes us through the process of dating to connect one another spiritually and relationally. The two, as a, as a couple that just begins to meet and date, they grow to be friends and companions by their focus on God and each other in relationship. Then there's that engagement period that where the couple commits to being a team and looking out at the world with the same goals and values. They grow together emotionally, and then marriage is the consummation of the two becoming one flesh through physical intimacy. They grow the relationship physically. And marriage provides a depth of wholeness to the husband and wife. Two people coming together with their unique personality and spiritual gifts if they're Christ followers and God uses them in harmony and unity to complement one another in the marriage relationship. The couple is to celebrate and work through the differences they have to find fulfillment in the marriage relationship, and it's vitally important for the couple to understand their roles and their responsibility as they are a couple in that marriage relationship. Well, it's interesting as we think about those roles and responsibilities. I think it's important as couples to sit down, if you haven't already, and sort out who's going to do what, because that takes away a lot of tension and a lot of assumptions. And, you know, for my wife, my wife's a math person, so she takes care of the finances. I hand her my mm-hmm. paycheck, and she takes care of it, you know. Uh, she cooks. I, I wash the dishes. I take out the garbage, which I have to go about a quarter mile away to do. Mm-hmm. And so we think about that. Ken, what are some of the roles you play in your marriage, and what does your wife Debbie do? Yeah, so, I mean— it's changed over the years, you know, and I yep. think that's okay. Yep. Uh, but it's changed over the years, so I never had an interest in it really in doing any of the cooking up until uh, just probably the last five, ten years, or five years probably. Um, and so I've started doing a lot of that. Now, she still does the cooking and stuff like that, but I've started kind of taking that on. But Debbie's really good with uh, finances and our bills, and so she does that in our marriage as well as runs the farm I kind of try to keep everything running <laughs> as far as the farm is concerned, fixing stuff and um, trying to keep everything going there. And so, yeah, we each have our own designed roles yeah. in our marriage. So, and Deb, what about you and Charlie? Well, usually I'm the one that cooks, and he takes out the garbage. He does the lawn usually. I mean, we kind of do things together a right. lot, you know, like right. clear off the— snow and stuff like that but you he always does the snowblower because i can't figure it out so. <laughs> yeah i'm out there with a shovel doing yeah. the other things you know but we do a lot of things together too yeah and so to ken's point things mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. and it's not just men and women do certain things necessarily you just go with your strengths and mm-hmm. how you can complement one another so i think that's important it's mm-hmm. good to have that discussion Marriage is also designed by God to multiply a godly legacy. Not all couples will have children, but God did use that as the avenue to pass the faith along and 
to fill the earth. He says, and can you want to read uh, Genesis one twenty eight and then Psalm one twenty seven? Yeah, it says that, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then Psalm one twenty seven three says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Yep. Children are a blessing, and, mm-hmm. and they need to be taught by their parents how to find their purpose in life with a biblical worldview. That's so important in this culture that we're in to understand who they are in, in relation to God. And this is the parent's responsibility to provide ways to help the kids grow spiritually. The church is to come alongside in support of children's spiritual growth, but the children's ministry is not to take the place of the parents, but mm-hmm. be a different voice with the same biblical values. And as children come to faith in Christ, the parents need to instill in them who they are in God's sight, who they are in Christ in an age-appropriate way, and that God has created them to have purpose in life to mm-hmm. glorify God. Mm-hmm. And Deb, you read that great verse from Ephesians 2. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. I love that verse. Mm-hmm. God, that word workmanship in the Greek means a masterpiece, a piece of artwork that's unique. And children are taught to pass the faith and the gospel on to succeeding generations. And one of the things that's missing in our American Christian culture is the responsibility to become disciple makers. We need to instill in our kids a desire and give them the resources and tools at their age level to become fishers of men. And lastly, marriage is designed by God to mirror God's image. Mm. This last point is so important. God created marriage to glorify him and uh, to demonstrate or show the gospel through a loving and committed relationship, just like the relationship our Heavenly Father has with his Christ followers he calls his children, just like Christ in the church. And this is what our world needs to see. This is what the church at large needs to see. And marriages, which last, need to be celebrated. A mm-hmm. uh, previous church we were at, my wife started an opportunity where we had a plaque uh, in our sanctuary. And whenever a couple uh, made it to 50 years of marriage, we celebrated in the service. And then we put their name on the plaque so I that like the younger that. generations could see the commitment and the faithfulness Mm -hmm. of those folks. Mm -hmm. And so marriage is a portrait of the gospel, our becoming united with Christ. And people see the gospel in your marriage by how you treat your spouse. The intimacy and depth of love for one another as a couple is huge. And people in your neighborhood, they see you leaving your house most Sundays to go to church. People hear your values at parent-teacher conferences or PTA meetings. We reflect Christ by how we treat our spouse and our kids. A watching world, I believe, is yearning to know what keeps your marriage together, and you get the opportunity to share with them when conversations begin, and you can share with them it's all about Christ at the center of the relationship. So as we close, the key thought here is listeners and Christ followers, we need to dedicate ourselves anew to seek to glorify God in our marriage relationship and reflect the gospel of Christ and how we behave before a watching church family and a community around us. Let's teach our kids and those who will listen the value of following God's purpose and design for marriage. Amen. That's a good word, Ed. Appreciate that. And I love the fact that you brought up that as believers and married people that are believers, we have a huge role to demonstrate Christ's love That's right. uh, to those around us, and they can see that through our love for one another. That's right. Amen. And so, Amen. That's a good word. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate Thank it.